0: Welcome to the Lab Coat Agents Podcast. This episode is brought to you by the Lab Coat Agents Marketing Center. The LCA Marketing Center is designed specifically for the real estate world. It's a design center for marketing that has templates created so you can just plug and play. From flyers, postcards, buyer presentations to open house signs and Instagram posts. Check it out for free for seven days at lcamarketingcenter.com. In episode number eight, Jeff interviews Tammy Edwards, co-owner of Team Bjorkman Real Estate, on branding yourself as a local celebrity. Becoming the it girl in her community is what created endless opportunities for Tammy and ultimately led her into real estate, where she sold 66 homes in her first year and is on track to do over 200 transactions in 2019. Listen in as Tammy tells her story of navigating the crash in 2007 and 2008, being homeless and terrified to where she is today. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, Lab Coat Agents Nation, we are back for another episode of the Lab Coat Agents podcast. And today I am very excited to bring on a guest who I had the pleasure of meeting at Closing Table Mastermind, which uh, most of you know we talk about from time to time. And uh, this particular guest was someone who actually won an award at uh, one of the events we had, I think it was San Francisco, and uh, it was uh, she got to drop the mic. It was the, uh, was the what was the name of that award again? Up oh, there it is right there. Of
1: course, of course it, it's it is right there when you walk in the office. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it is a fantastic award, and so let me let me give that that premise before I introduce her. Is the award is for someone who kind of can either a tell the best story or b share the best strategy. And I think this was the first time we actually did this award at a closing table. And none other than Tammy Edwards, the co-owner of Team Bjorkman with eXp Realty was the winner and she joins us today. Welcome to the show, Tammy.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm so excited.
0: Great. It's great. So usually what we do with our guests is, is we, we first ask them, you know, tell us a little bit how you got in the business. But for you, I'm going to ask that question. However, I'm going to preface this by saying this is a really big part of the story. So if you're listening today, pay attention from the very beginning because this is a lot about why Tammy's on this show, why Tammy's been so successful, and why we love her story. So Tammy, tell us about yourself
1: gosh, I don't even know where to start. I guess we're going to start with just me getting at how, how I recreated myself. Uh, go my
0: go back, go back, give give them even before you got into real estate, how right. Mike found you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'll, I'll go into all that. So uh, I'm a mother of four. My husband and I, we owned our own construction business and we, we did really well. Things were great. Life was good. And 2008, 2009 hit. And by 2010, things had really gone, uh, haywire for us. We pretty much lost. We're losing everything at that point. And uh, we kind of hung on to everything we, we could. For a couple of years, we were hanging on to things. And um, I just realized I had to get out and start hustling. And I could not get my foot in the door anywhere. The uh, firewalls known as the receptionists and the secretaries were just, they were blocking me every step of the way. I didn't have a resume. I didn't have college education, but I knew I was super smart and I knew I could work really hard and I knew I'd make it if I could just get in and get past those firewalls. So um, I started to recreate myself and, and create the opportunity to get through the doors. So I took a job at the local newspaper, making $11 an hour as the receptionist. And um, the whole reason for that was I knew that all the high-powered people, the congressmen, the city council members, like anyone that was anybody, they were walking in through those doors. And I wanted to make sure that I got to be that firewall that greeted them. So even though the job was kind of beneath me, I knew that it would lead to something better. And I would work nights at my grandparents' liquor store just to try to make ends meet. I was just doing everything I could to, to keep it all together.
0: And this is before, so you had no inclination that you were going to end up in real estate, which no, I think
1: none whatsoever.
0: in and of itself is powerful because you see what, I think there's a lot of real estate agents that get into the business kind of haphazardly, like, like you have in a way, uh, but go, go on, keep going.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it was, I knew there was something great for me out there, Jeff. I just didn't know what it was. I took that job. I worked that job. I, I made sure I And there was one gentleman in particular, and his name is going to come up a little bit later, is Leon Warden. And uh, he was the owner of our local television station. And I knew that Leon liked fresh, hot coffee the second he walked in the door. So I made sure the second he came in, hi, Mr. Warden, nice to see you. Here's your fresh coffee. And so I really made an impression on him because it was just really important to me me again because I just knew I needed to rub elbows with the right people. In the meantime, I went over to our local chamber of commerce. And I said, I want to sell memberships for you. And just give me a referral fee if I sell one for you. You don't need to put me on payroll or anything like that. If anything, you have the budget for it anyway. But what I want is I want to greet people at your events. I want to be the face of the chamber. So when you have grand openings or networking events or anything, I want to be the face and I want to be greeting everyone that walks in the door. I also knew that all of the business owners were members of the chamber. They were also the big business owners were on the board of the chamber of commerce. So I knew if I was their greeter and I was their girl, they were gonna meet me. And again, I'm just trying to break down barriers because I just don't take no for an answer. And I refuse, I absolutely refused. To fail, even though I was scared to death and losing everything. And everything had No
0: idea where you were going at this point.
1: Right, right. I mean, every day it was like you know the truck's been repoed. I mean, it was when I say we hit rock bottom, we hit rock bottom. So um we go going into 2012, we are now losing the house, and we know that it, the house is going to be gone. We're trying to figure out what we're going to do, and I I realized that. I needed to make myself popular. Like it was in one thing to rub elbows with people, but I needed to be the it girl. So I thought about the Kardashians randomly one night and I don't know why, but I thought about them. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to make a sex tape because that won't make me popular. <laughs> and so I'm like, what can I do? And I'm like, I just have to create something that makes me the it girl. And at that moment, I kind of started working on it in my mind, what am I going to do? Fast forward, about a month later, I was at a chamber event, and I went up to a gentleman named Dave Caldwell, who was the local sports commentator, and he had just called a football game. My son was a senior in high school, and he was the star running back, and so he knew who my son was, and I walked up and said, hi, Dave, my name is Tammy Edwards, everything going okay here? Because I was checking on him, because it was a chamber event, and then I said, well, I'm Dylan Edwards' mother, and he was like, oh my gosh, Dylan's a great player, and two hours later, him and I were still sitting there talking. And um, we just had a great report. We just, it was just like instant. And Leon Warren, the owner of the station happened to walk by two hours later. And I said, hi Leon. And he's like, hey, how you doing Tiami?" And then he stops and he goes, wait a minute. I've been thinking in the back of my mind that the two of you should probably meet. And here I'm thinking that I'm just the girl that hands him his coffee and he's not even thinking about me. But you know, law of attraction, thoughts become things. Here I'm sitting there thinking for something bigger. I'm totally catering to this guy. And here, it kind of just put the law of attraction, and that's kind of what happened. And I said, yeah, well, we're just talking about this new talk show I want to do here in town. He's like, what's that? And I said, well, I want to kind of want to talk about the who, what, why, where, when, and how. I want to support all of our local nonprofits, because whenever they want to advertise their events, they don't have the finances to do that. And it's always the same exact people going time and time again, because people don't know about them until after they happen. I'm, and I'm talking this the So I just wanted to get it all out before I walked away. And uh, I'm like, I just really, I want to do the show. And he said, okay, do it, put it together. And I was like, it's that simple. Okay, great. So I kind of dilly-dallied for about a month and a half to us because I was so scared, Jeff. I was absolutely. Horrified, if I'd, I'd never been in front of camera, I mean, I didn't know what I was doing. I even tried to get out of it. it was like, I'll, I'll produce it and you guys can hire me to be the producer. And, and they're like, no, the only way this happens is if you do it yourself. Awesome. So I literally built the show. I built the set. It was the most God awful set you've ever seen in your life. I mean, it was, it was just so thrown together, but they believed in me and they let me do it. And I'll never forget. It was April of 2012. And we did our very first show and it was the day I had to be out of my house. So I literally, it still chokes me up. I literally started the show like, good morning, Santa Crita, da, 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 and left the studio and went and finished emptying out my house. And we literally, we were surfing the couch for two years at our grandparents' house. But by that night, by 5 p.m. that night, I had pretty much established myself as someone that was something. Just by doing that little show. And within a month, I was the girl. Like, everybody wanted a little piece of Tammy. Everybody wanted to be on the show. Everybody, like, I got invited to everything. I was asked to sit at the head tables of everything. No one had any idea that I was homeless. Wow. So, for two years, I'm completely homeless. And it was really funny because the other day, someone said to me, You know, Tammy, you weren't really homeless. And I'm like, No, I was. They said, Well, I mean, you had somewhere to stay. I mean, you had a couch to stay on. And I'm like, you know what, tell that to my son who was a senior in high school and lost his car and had to go find someone to stay because there wasn't enough couch space for him and he went from friend's house to friend's house. Tell him that we weren't homeless. Tell my my younger son who was being kicked off of his football team because we couldn't prove residency because the electric bill was not in my name and the water bill wasn't in my name and they wouldn't take it. I had nothing in my name at the house that we were staying at and they were going kicking him off the football team. So it, it's really interesting. I'm not going to want to go off on a homeless rampage, but – I'm just saying, it's just pretty, pretty funny how people like have their own idea of what homeless is and what homeless isn't. But um, yeah, we were we were legit homeless. We had no claim to, to
0: a home. But I think to give a context, I mean, think about the things that the average real estate agent complains about, which is, oh, I've got to call leads. Oh, I've got to go <laughs> yes. door knock. Oh, I've got to call expireds. I mean- um, you know, you weren't even in the business yet. And here you are realizing I got to do something, which is, which is totally, comparable, totally parallel to what we have to do in the real estate business, right? Is brand ourselves and market ourselves and become a media company. You were doing this with really no vision of where you're going other than just the basic idea that I got to become known and something good will happen from it. And I think it's brilliant. And I think it's even more amazing that you can put on a happy face. I mean because think about it we all go to work every once in a while we have an argument with our spouse and it completely ruins our day. Right. I mean right. you are getting you are get, you're getting your house taken back and you have to go put on a television show, not a social media show, a television show. I mean big props. I think that that in and of itself is so powerful, but keep going because it just Yeah, keeps, but you know, be again, I'm
1: just if anyone takes anything from this podcast up, I'd want them to take the fact that thoughts become things. And if you hustle and you work hard, you'll get what you want. And that's like the most important thing that people can take from this. To kind of backtrack a little bit, when I would go to these chamber events in the beginning, I would be so afraid to go into these rooms because I didn't know anybody. And there was one gentleman by the name of Stu Blair, and his name will come up too, because again, it just everything circles back in. Stu was someone that I went to high school with. Hadn't seen him in years, but he was very involved with the chamber of commerce. And I would sit outside in my car, and I would cry. Because I was, I had such anxiety to walk in there into this room of people that I didn't know, and in the sit, you're already insecure because of the situation that you're in. You're worried someone's gonna say, "Where do you live?" or anything like that, Well, you know. So I would wait to see Stu walk into the event, and then I'd real quick pinch my cheeks, get some color in them, I up, get wipe the tears, and I'd run in, Stu, 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 and then Stu would walk me around and introduce me to people, and then we'd kind of break away because then I'd be warmed up by then. Stu didn't even realize what I was doing, <laughs> but. You know, they, I, they, he was like, he was very instrumental in, in getting involved in the community. To fast forward, we were, were doing the show, Dave Caldwell and I are doing the show, and I start getting phone calls from a gentleman named Mike Bjorkman. And I had known Mike through school, we, because we both grew up in our community, and he's a year younger than me, which he loves to tell people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and he kept, you know, kept begging me to, to come, you to, want to come talk to him, he wants to be on the show, so on and so forth. And... I was kind of blowing him off because he was just kind of guilty by association. Some people that I didn't really care for, and I was like, eh, I'm not going to like him because he's friends with him. And, you know, and I, I was being kind of ignorant and stubborn. And, you know, he finally broke me down to come and meet with him. And I, I showed up at his office, and I remember I was like eight minutes late. And he looked at me and he's like, do you know how much I'm worth an hour? You I was like, and you're, you're late. And I'm like, oh God, see, this is exactly why I didn't want to talk to you. And I'm like, well, honestly, I don't really care what you make an hour and you know, like whatever. And he said, uh, I don't get you. Like I've got every media outlet in Santa Clarita begging me for my advertising dollars and I can't get you to even take my call. And I said, well, honestly, I just like to surround myself with the right kind of people. And I don't think you're the right kind of people. And he says, why? And I kind of went into, and he just started laughing. He's like, are you hungry? I'm like, I'm starving. He's like, let's go to lunch. So we went to lunch. We totally worked it out again. And, you know, big lesson learned. Don't listen to the gossip because gossip is gossip. And him and I, we became brother and sister at that moment, like best friends, brother and sister, like in my hard headedness could have stopped a lot of really great things in my life. So I'm glad I dropped down that barrier and really listened to him and he listened to me. And it was really awesome. So he um, started doing our real estate segment on the show. So we come on once a week and talk about the real estate uh, market and what's going well, on. And,
0: and before you go there too, let me give him some props here because I'll give him credit because at the same token, a, a confident, quote, maybe even a little arrogant professional who's very successful, A, you show up late, B, you show no interest in him. Most of the time are going to be like, Screw you. I I don't need you either, right? I'm going to be successful with or without you. And big, big props for him to not only see the vision, to see what your potential was, but to, to back his ego out and take you to line and take that next step because that's like a, that little perfect marriage that if anybody was on the outside looking in, they would have said, No way in hell is this right. going to happen.
1: Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And he, hey, he's a brilliant man. He's brilliant. He knows what he's doing. He He saw right through it, and uh, it was great. And like I said, we literally, over that lunch, we became best friends. He said he was doing the show, and about two months into doing the show, he's like, come work with me. Come work with me. And I'm like, no, 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 I don't want to do that. And um, he worked on me for over a year to come work with him. And yeah, I mean, he would bake me and I had signed up for real estate classes. So I'm at the table just in case I hadn't even told him I'd signed up for the classes. At this point, when I started the show, I wasn't getting paid because I was just doing the show and I never actually got paid to do the show. I always volunteered for the show, but eventually they gave me a sales position there at the television station because I started bringing in some, some revenue through sales. So one day after we filmed a show, I'll never forget this moment. And, you know, I, I hope the people listening can understand and, and they they believe in a higher power and they believe that there's just really good things in this world because this, this was a defining moment for me. I'll never forget. He leaned over my desk. I was sitting there and he leaned, kind of leaned up over my desk and he was like, why, why will you not come work with me? I don't understand. And I said, honestly, Mike, I just can't give up my paycheck here. I can't like I had a daughter in college. I had a son that had just left for the Navy. I too, you know, it was just, I, I just couldn't give up my paycheck. I was trying to get out of off the couch. Right. And uh, he said, how much do you make here? And I lied. Cause I was too embarrassed to say that I made $3,000 a month. So I said, $4,000 a month. And he turned around, he got into his briefcase. He wrote out a check for $12,000. He laid it on the table. He said, there's three months pay you quit today. You now work for me.
0: So good. So good.
1: And I was like, can you imagine what a check for $12,000 looked like to me? Like, I mean, I was just like looking at it like, wait, it was like a million dollars to me. It really was. It was like a million dollars to me. And I was just staring at him and he goes, and I guarantee you, you will triple that in your first 90 days. And I'm like, there's just, I mean, how is that going to happen, right? So I quit that day and came to work. I was working on my license and just kind of doing some customer service stuff and starting my social media going. And I'll be darned if my first phone call within a week was at Stu Blair from the chamber. And he said, hey, we need to sell our house. He's like, I wouldn't go to anybody but you. And it's just amazing how it just all comes full circle. You know, I more than tripled that my first any day. That's sold 66 homes my first year. I don't want anyone to think it was easy because I worked myself to the bone. Like, I mean, there was one time when I went 73 days straight Without taking a day off and work no less than ten hours a day for seventy three days straight, but. We got off the couch. We got a home. We got, you know, so it all kind of came together. And then um, after about three years of, of running things around here and learning everything, Mike came to me and said, um, You're doing everything. Like, let's be partners. And we became 50 50 partners in Team Yorkman.
0: Wow. So, what was the year where? So, you first, what was the year you first met Mike? What was the year that you joined or you got into real estate? And then, what was the year where you became partners?
1: Oh, geez. You're asking hard questions. Okay. So I met Mike in 2000. Well, I've known him forever, but we rekindled, I would say 2013. Got into real estate. It's 2013, 19. probably. Okay. 2013-ish. Yeah, around there. So yeah, we've been together like six years.
0: And, and the reason I asked that question is because for anybody who's listening to this, who, you know, th- this, this again can resonate with so many people, uh, whether you're a veteran of the business or you're brand new to the business or you know somebody who needs to get in the business. I mean, this is such a fascinating story because it covers a variety of topics. And I want to accentuate another one, which is, you know, for anybody listening who's in a leadership role, who's like a Mike Bjorkman, what he did was bold as all get out. I mean, I remember my jaw dropping to the floor like, oh my God, that's brilliant. And bold is all, again, bold as hell to get out a check, kind of cocky, right? But I mean, it worked and what other way? So, you know, again, there's probably a lot of people listening to this who recruit and that's probably taking it to the farthest extreme, but invest
1: in good people. It's okay to invest in good people. Hey, I tease him now because that was the cheapest signing bonus ever. He got he got off easy because I was worth a heck of a lot more, which now I know that. But at the time, I was like, yes. And yeah. for him, twelve a twelve thousand dollar investment for what he got. I mean, he made that back on me in thirty days. You know, so he yeah, it was a good investment.
0: Which is brilliant. So R O I on me. <laughs> I, I imagine so. So <laughs> let's let's go back to that when that happens. So let's go back to your first year. What is it that uh, what would you say? you know, for example, your first deal was because of your contacts, but you, like you said, you tripled your business in the first 90 days. What was it that you were doing? Okay. You were putting in a lot of hours, but just putting in a lot of hours doesn't necessarily equate to business. What were you doing? What was it that got you off, off the ground?
1: Anything that made me uncomfortable, I did. So if I didn't want to do it, I did it. So if that meant knocking on a door, I mean, definitely cold calls were like the biggest thing. For sure. Putting myself on social media, that was huge. I mean, that was probably the biggest thing that I did was going large on on social media because I was so worried about what, you know, Josie from ninth grade would think about my Facebook post. I'm like, when I stopped worrying about what other people thought and I just started going for it. That was a life changing for me. I mean, social media is so easy to use; it's free, and so few realtors use it. It's like mind blowing to
0: me. Right. Well, and it's and it's evolved pretty dramatically from when you started doing it too. Oh, for sure. I mean, now it's, it's totally different game and yet still so many people aren't doing it or aren't doing it effectively. So if you could give, so let's talk about that. If you could give somebody an agent advice, a young agent advice, or an agent who's not all in on social media or poo-poos social media, what kind of advice could you give them to really ramp up their game that worked for you and maybe put it into today's context uh, because things have changed a little bit?
1: If you're not willing to do social media, don't even bother with this business. And I, I truly feel that way and i have agents now that will still kind of combat me on it and i'm like yeah you can't be on my team because if you can't if you can't be comfortable enough to step out of your comfort zone on your own page like you own your facebook page and if you're not comfortable enough to step out in that you're not going to be comfortable enough to do anything in this business so i mean but it's all about the social media you have to be out there give no bad me an example content, jeff there's no bad content just be there be present
0: Sure. Yeah. So, so give me an example of, uh, what, what is it that, what do you find works the best for you? What, what is, or what is it that you do define being out there?
1: I make sure that I put myself in situations that I'm seeing all the time, especially like through nonprofits. If it's a nonprofit event, I want to be involved so that my picture's in the paper. I like to have other people promote me. If that makes sense as well. So not only am I promoting my my listings and through videos through all that stuff, but also I like other people to promote me through things that I'm doing within the community. So I mean I sit at so many listing appointments where someone will say, Oh, I Googled you and I, I know like you're you're honest and you're and you're the real deal. Well they know I'm honest because they see everything that's in the press about me being with the ro- the Rotary Club. Well, people know Rotarians are, are honest and true and good people. So doing things like that it's kind of, I think, what sets me apart from a lot of other agents in our area is I'm constantly making sure that I'm seen. I still do the show on STB TV, which is all about the nonprofits. I don't talk about real estate on that show. It's only about the community. So I make sure that that you know, that I'm constantly out there and in their faces. I run a, a community page for the town that I live in. I just like to make sure that, that they know on social media, if there's anything that they need to know about our community, that I'm their girl. I'm the go to, whether it's no matter what it is that they can come to me. If they're looking for a cute dress shop or they're looking for their market analysis of their home or they're looking for an HVAC contractor, I'm your person.
0: So basically, this just goes, this all goes back to what your original foresight, which was I just, you know, in a way, it's being local famous, it's being a local celebrity, it's being the digital mayor. And in your case, you were being the mayor, you know, not from a political perspective, but, and now you're doing it in a digital perspective. So it's like you're living what we now teach. Uh, in various social media classes and all the different trainings and conferences you go to. You hear about this, how become the digital mayor, you know, create content that's specific to your community that that comes from contribution. And you're not just doing it from that. You're doing, you're living it. I mean, you are totally living it. And that's why the best advice you can give anybody is get really granular on your local community. Because I think that's what you do, right? It's very granular to your community.
1: Yeah. It, no, it's my niche. This my, I was born and raised in this community, been here since 1971. Like this is my, like, I love where I live. Like this is my home and I love it. And I will do anything and everything I can to promote it and everything great about this community. And like I said, I just make sure that I rub elbows with the right people. So if there's any issues with anything, you know, within the city or I, know I have the people to call, they're on my cell phone. I just text them, Hey, I need this or whatever. And it, it just brings such value to your clients.
0: It's, 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 it's fascinating because I'll hear from time to time. Now, granted, I'm in a small, big market of St. Louis, which is different. But people will say that, hey, I don't want to be known as a niche realtor. I want because I can go everywhere because we don't have the traffic issues that you have in L.A. And your first year you did 66 homes. How many homes are you guys going to sell this year?
1: We're on track for 200 this year. Awesome. But I, I'd like to push it a little bit more. I'm competitive and hungry, so I'm hoping that I'm going to get a, a few more than that this year. So I go through these waves of, you know. I love
0: it myself. I love it. So, so what's next for team Bjorkman other than growing, uh, obviously doing more numbers. What's, what's next for team Bjorkman? You know,
1: we've actually had a little bit of a shift within our team. We were, we're kind of, um, you know, we've gone through this, we were going to grow massive and do this massive team. And now we're like, you know, maybe we're not going to go massive. Maybe we're going to keep it a little bit smaller. And we're just trying to kind of figure out what our niches is. I think many teams are doing We're definitely taking a lot of new agents because I find that they're teachable, they're coachable, they want to learn, and they're a little bit more hungry than someone that's just like, eh, okay, one deal every couple months because in California you can get complacent with one deal every couple months because our price point is so high. Yeah, that's a good question. Ask me next year where we're on track what we're doing with Team Bjorkman because we've got a lot of stuff in the works. So, you know, I go to all these masterminds like Closing Table, and every time I go there, everything changes for us. So, you know, Mike and I are really good at seeing shiny objects and grabbing them, and then which one are we going to implement? And, but I, we're on to good things. I'm really excited about the future, what it has to hold.
0: I love it, I love it, and your story is 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 so inspiring and I, and I hope that uh, that somebody listening today can not only take this and, and use it, and hopefully it brings inspiration to themselves, but they will share this message because it 's not often that we hear this, and i don 't mean to make it cliche, but a lot of realtors get in the business because its that 's just something to do right, and you you kind of spun it backwards and you did what most people don 't even know they should do until they get in the business and they go to the mastermind and they learn. And you you reverse engineered it. And I love it. And I'm I'm honored to get to interview you. I'm honored to, that I've gotten to know you. And uh, I think it's it's fascinating. And I thank you for sharing your story with us.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I just think it's really important for anyone to know that there, there are no barriers except for the barriers that you create for yourself. And I had it in my mind that nobody would talk to me. And then when I changed my mindset that I can get through any door and I can do anything, everything changed. So change your mindset and your world will change.
0: I love it. Well, Tammy, uh, it, thank you for being on the show today. If anybody wanted to get a hold of you, had any questions for you, or just wanted to tell you that you inspired them, how could they reach you?
1: Um, my cell phone, I live with it. <laughs> you can call me on my cell phone, 661-373-5595. I love to get phone calls with people looking to make a little bit of a change in their life. And I love to inspire them and do what I can. So Very phone. cool.
0: What uh, Do you guys have a website?
1: I get teambjorkman.com.
0: Team Bjorkman. And Bjorkman is... B
1: J O R K M A
0: N. Got it. Awesome. Perfect. Thank you Thank so you much. Find on Facebook too. I, I, yeah. Thank at, well, of course. And you know what? That's a good point. Go follow Tammy Edwards. Tammy T A M I Edwards on Facebook. That's, she's obviously doing it very, very well. If you can learn one thing from this show today, besides the inspiration, is is learn how she has become that mayor of her community, owned it, and dominates it, and now is crushing it in real estate. Tammy, thank you again for being on today. It was uh, it was a pleasure. It was fun. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Lab Coat Agents
0: Podcasts.